and right. welcome to the conversation. Um, I am Todd Brown, and this is Rick Coop, and uh, we invite you to come and join us uh, as part of a conversation every week where we're talking about matters of our faith, um, of our religion, of walking through this life as Christians. Yeah. Um, and so this week, uh, one of the things, the thing that we're talking about is this idea of the credibility of Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, uh, people, mm, people need to have faith in Christians yeah. kind of to, to a degree, I guess. Let me jump in and, and like share an example that happened personally to me, a um, mm-hmm. r- real event. Um, when I was became a Christian, um, I was hungry for knowledge and, you know, just, just thirsting about what's all this about. And so I went to a, a special program event uh, at a particular church, and it had to do with um, Christians and rock and roll and, and you know, the, the bands that were out then, which is very interesting to me. I mean, you and I have, have talked. Um, I... I, I like a lot of music, you know, from my era, Boston, Kansas, Journey, you know, uh, yep. different groups like that. So, but one of my favorite bands was the group Kiss. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I had posters and when I was growing up and all this. And uh, so we went to this, this program and it was about um, the devil in rock and roll music. And the gentleman said that Kiss... Uh, stood for Knights in Satan's Service. And I'm like, wait wait a minute. I've been following this band for like, you know, 10 years. Uh, I've read everything that I could about them. I've got all their albums. I've never heard that. And so it wasn't long uh, after this, that the internet became available to people, mm-hmm. and I was doing research. Still, here I am, some forty plus years later, and I still haven't found that. Now I found things where um, Gene Simmons, the bass player, uh, and Kiss said, "Yeah, we heard about it, but we just kind of let it ride because it was great publicity for us yeah. at the time." So anyway, my point is this: we have to be very careful what we say in settings because that for me was uh, uh, the gentleman that was sharing that started to lose a lot of credibility for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you and I recently talked about uh, Hotel California uh, the Eagles song and it being about California California. yeah (laughs) and and some of the the meanings of it and there was a thing going through for a long time about um, this song really has to do with the devil and things like that and, and uh, we, we got to be careful if we're going to maintain our Christian credibility we have to be very very careful about what we say just because we feel it just because it might be true or we can come up with something to convince somebody doesn't mean that we need to be saying it doesn't need, mean that it's absolutely true uh, we do it with music. We do it with... Here's another one. I actually heard this one time. A gentleman said, how can you be a Christian and be a... Well, this particular person talk, was talking about politics. Okay. And how can you be a Christian and be a Democrat? Yeah. How can you be a Christian and be a Republican? How can you be a Christian and be an independent? Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, so that's a couple of examples about Christian credibility. We... Just because we're feeling something emotionally doesn't mean that we need to embellish it to make it true so that we can either, you know, scare you away from or convince you that this is the way we ought to go. So that's a, kind of the where we're headed with this. There's a there's a term that I don't think you probably find in the dictionary. Maybe you can't because they're changing that all the time now. Somebody says something that becomes a real word, and we, that we use that word. But there's a term called truthiness. Ah, new to me, but go for it. Truthiness. Yeah. Um, that feels truthy. That I don't know that it's true. Yeah. I can't back it with facts, but it feels true. So I'm going to start repeating it. Yeah. yeah. And the truthiness 
issue is not just that it is it's not just that it's um, not true or not that you can't back it up with facts it's that you took it without confirmation and mm. you start repeating it well now you repeated it so I repeat it and uh -huh. now I repeat it so two other people repeat it and then four people and then eight people and then 20 people and then nobody ever remembers where it came from but we just repeat it do you remember that it. old commercial it used to be about a shampoo and she'll tell, tell two friends and she'll mm, tell exactly. two friends and then the screen starts expanding with all these pictures yeah. that's what came to my mind um, mm -hmm. when you said that somebody telling something with some truthiness to it yeah and then but Todd isn't that the way I, I, I feel like that's one of the ways that Satan works absolutely uh, in the garden yeah. you surely won't die right surely he just doesn't you won't want die. you to do this because just enough truth to make just it plausible truth. but not enough fact to make it truth right and part of what we run into with that is who we are as creatures so we're we're humans and yes we have the best computer in our ever created in our mm -hmm. head and, mm -hmm. and we think about thinking about thinking so we're like be we are special creatures we sure. are we are created um, in but, divine image but we're but we're also animals that live on this planet and mm -hmm. we evolve and understand and this is how we stay alive one mm -hmm. of the ways that we stay alive is through a lazy way of doing some things which is we start um, we take as few facts in as we can to make a quick decision so mm -hmm. that we can move forward without spending four days yes, sir. contemplating whether or not the bees will hurt us mm -hmm. if we approach the hive so that we can get some honey. Will we die? Will we not die? What kind of bees are these? If we sat down and had a meeting about it, we may not ever get that opportunity. So we mm -hmm. as creatures have come up with a set, you know, how many facts do we need to make a decision? <laughs> right. And so we make a short list right. and we and we begin to rely on credible sources. Mm -hmm. a guy at church said, and so the church invited him. So I'm sitting in the exactly. church. I'm sitting at I'm sitting at church. He said, "Kiss stands for knights and Satan service." And so that's that the thing has to be true because right. that's what he said. And this guy was a pastor, right? And so you then you repeat it, sure. And then your friends repeat it, mm -hmm. and then your friends repeat it, and then where did he hear it? In some magazine somewhere that somebody thought it was interesting, and they said it. So off we go, yeah. right? And I think to your point. We're we're expecting, we as Christians are hoping to not only change what someone thinks the rock group KISS mm -hmm. stands for, we're, we're hoping to influence their entire worldview to understand what Christ's worldview was. And, and because of that, we have to be careful. Sure. We have to be more careful about the things that we say because that thing gets interpreted mm -hmm. and then someone goes back and goes that doesn't make any sense and so mm -hmm. they go look it up and now they're like everything he says to me I'm going to start taking with a grain of salt yeah. because yeah. I need to I can't just trust it mm -hmm. see here's the thing we've been given the tools right through the word right but like with everything else we feel like we can create a better tool a bigger tool a faster tool so we start creating our own little tools to do things and yep. get things going and what happens with that is we start getting ourselves in trouble um, I, another thought came to mind about when you tell something and then you have to back it up so to make it true and then you you tell something more to it and then it becomes more to it and more to it and and that can happen with something that was at its core was true mm -hmm. and then you start adding to it adding to it adding to it and then all of a sudden you've got this 
big thing here with just a little bit of truth. Mm -hmm. But you've got this huge false. We're so scared of being wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or not knowing that we extrapolate, or we not extrapolate, uh, exaggerate mm -hmm. our knowledge. Because mm -hmm. it feels good. Mm -hmm. And it feels truthy. What we said feels truthy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, truthy doesn't mean it's not true. Truthy means it feels good and it's plausible. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it or I'm going to repeat it. And so we go on down that line, right? So, yeah. um, so many examples, politically speaking, and I don't want to start a fight, but I'm just going to say people say, the election was stolen, and they don't research it. Mm -hmm. They don't really yep. know what was going on. Mm -hmm. People say you have to wear a mask to to stop COVID, and they don't really know what they're saying. They they just take what they've been told by a credible source, and they move it forward. Mm -hmm. And then later, you find out that your source was really just trying to make sense of what was going on for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they've taken previous experience and they've taken something and made it into... If it fits our agenda... Oh, yes. If it fits our narrative, our we'll agenda... We'll buy into it a we'll lot quicker than if it causes us to... It challenges us or causes us to think a little deeper. It's so much easier to just go, oh, yeah, 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 I can buy, yeah, yeah, that fits, because it fits who we, uh, or what we might believe. Um, if it doesn't, then we're a lot quicker to, like, just push it aside. Mm -hmm. and, and I can't help but think that this guy who was talking about this was trying to prove a point that there are bands out there and and groups out there who are pushing their agenda. Mm -hmm. And if it's true for a couple of bands, it must be true for all these rock and rollers. Mm -hmm. And and even if it was, and I'm gonna say this, even if you're somebody who firmly believes that um, rock and roll bands are evil and you don't need to add to the story by making up something like this Knights in Satan service to make it really good. You know, we've got the nitty gritty, now let's make it really good. When you take a core of truth and you add when you and you add a something to add some flavor. Mm-hmm then somebody adds something and somebody adds something. When that flavor is proven to be bad or wrong, mm -hmm. you've destroyed the truth. Mm -hmm. So if we look at, so let's look at, I, list, I loved Kiss when I was a teenager. I mm -hmm. thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but is it is it true that what things I know that I can say are true because I watched them mm -hmm. and paid attention to them? Mm -hmm. Is it true that the group Kiss made um, having sex uh, into just something you did for fun and and devalued relationship mm -hmm. over the party? Mm -hmm. It's absolutely true. It is absolutely. Um, yep, yep, yep. Did the group Kiss promote drug abuse? No. No, they did, they did not. not. In fact, they lost two members because of that issue. Okay, so um, did the did the group Kiss support publicly in any way that I'm aware of demon worship or Satan worship in any way? No. No. Were they? Were they ornery boys who sang about meeting and greeting a woman in the ladies' room? Yes. <laughs> were they? Uh, were they? Were they talking about parts of their body and uh, yeah. in ways that maybe that are not 
probably the best plan for yes. your teenager to be listening to. Yes. Absolutely. Right. But if we approach it from the if we approached it from that, if we said, Hey look, mm-hmm. here's the thing. There, the music of this band is something that it isn't isn't promoting what you want for your kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they're talking about sex loosely, uh, like with many partners and no consequence, um, and they're promoting um, a lifestyle that isn't the best thing for your teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and your teens don't know how to compartmentalize that into fantasy and uh, a particular section of your life versus reality. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably not the best plan to have them listening to these things, exactly. right? I remember my yeah. I remember my mom screaming at me from the bottom of the stairs that my little brother had come downstairs and been singing the words to a Kiss song that I had been listening to, and I was mortified. Yeah. <laughs> He'd been singing. So, if he had come at it truthfully with with what was really going on, he might have made a point. Exactly. But instead, he had to make up some fantasy thing that we think we have to make up in order to bring people... It's the shock factor. It's It's the shock factor. Really? Yeah. You know, and... Again, Todd, that's, going back to the garden, that's no more than what happened in the garden. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I won't die? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. You yeah. mean you mean I can eat this? And I can be like God. Be like God? Yeah. You know, I and gosh, we have to watch ourselves. We have to just be very, very, very careful um, about the things we think are real and true and the things that we should know and and i I talk i think about the bible a couple episodes ago we talked about um, the bible and knowing the bible and um, being able to understand who we are as christians um, through the word and when you begin to embellish, because we, we do that as Christians, this the Bible is like, you know, one of our center focal points. When we start embellishing the Bible by adding to it things that aren't really in it, um, you know, the the money is the root of all evil. It's mm-hmm. the one yeah, that we that's always not go the Bible. to. Yeah, it's, it's the, the love. version that we, yeah, yeah. That we went through. Yeah. Uh, the love of money. And, and, and so we... Just got to be careful, and we we don't want to. If we're going to share scripture, if we're going to share our lives, if we're going to share uh, stories with people about who we are and who Christ is, then let's keep it real. Yeah. Well, okay. So on the keep it real perspective, mm-hmm. okay. So that's the that's the destruction of the credibility. Mm-hmm. What is the credibility? So what? When I think of what went through my head with Christian credibility was what is it that makes us credible? And, and some of the things that, I mean, I think part of this, the, very often the best example of what something is is what it isn't. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. so we went through a period of time, and I don't think we see it as much today. But we went through a period, yeah, we do. I mean, there's a bunch of things, but there's a church called Hillsong that um, it has awesome worship songs that mm-hmm. people really enjoy. And there's some of them that are questionably questionable, theologically speaking, and I get that. But they also went through some really rough stuff with some accountability issues, yeah. with some sexual behavior issues with some of the people that were there, mm-hmm. which happens whenever we get in a place with the church where the person in charge of the church or the people running the church become the focus of the church. Yes. We run, yes. we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. That church is in trouble. When when we become too focused, well, the de- definition of a cult is a group of people who are following mm-hmm. a single leader mm-hmm. and that leader is flawless and you need to do what that leader says mm-hmm. no matter what, right? So that's a cult. Drink the Kool-Aid. And drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Horrifying. But mm. 
we went through a period of time. I mean, so to act like that's a new thing is wrong because I was actually thinking of it as, as an older thing. Through the 80s and 90s, we went through the Jimmy Swagger thing where mm-hmm. Jimmy, who was such a, a well-known um, television preacher who mm-hmm. was hellfire and brimstone, I mean, he didn't mind putting it on people every week over and over and over again. We'll come to find out. He was heavily involved in pornography and prostitution mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Um, and then he cries for forgiveness. Okay, so fine, fine, that's great. Mm-hmm. We should forgive. But, brother, you you really hurt the credibility of... Those are the things that hurt us. Yeah. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and, and uh, Robert all that. Tillman. Uh, uh, Robert Tillman and all yeah. the... Yeah. So many people putting their faith... We need to be aware as Christians yep. that people, oddly... Non-Christians put more faith in Christian leaders than Christians do. Christians know that it's mm-hmm. Christ who is the leader, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when churches get sideways, that hurts the credibility. Sure. But causes so, people to leave the church. It hurt. I mean, how many times have you talked to somebody mm-hmm. who, well, I you know, I tried going to church, but, you know, this thing or that thing happened. Yeah. Um, we had a, we that, had a young lady come to our young adults group here who had a real hard time sticking with it because she had gone to a church where the youth leader was a little closer to the girls than Mm -hmm. he should have been Mm -hmm. and and i'm not going to go into who or what sure i'm just going to say it got creepy Mm -hmm. um and so but then that begins that's the reflection of what the church of jesus christ is and Mm -hmm. means to these people going forward and forever so when when somebody is looking for something mm-hmm. when when I became a Christian I was looking I was looking for better than what I was mm-hmm. Jesus the word being the greatest thing mm-hmm. doesn't need any of our embellishment Mm-mm. we don't have to add to the picture Mm-mm. Um, and and when we start doing that, I think that's one of the ways we get into trouble. So, if we're not supposed to be known, obviously, nobody's supposed to be known. Secular businesses aren't supposed to be known. By people taking advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. By people having, you know, by televangelists getting on the TV and saying, I've been told by God that if I don't get... $700,000 by this weekend he's going to take me to heaven yeah um, you know, that if, if we're not supposed to be known by those things and those are obvious if we're not supposed to embellish don't make up things like mm-hmm. what are we supposed to be known for what should they be looking at you and seeing what the, should they be looking at me and seeing when they when where does our credibility come from yeah. and for me our credibility comes from simply what Christ told us when they look at you as my disciples Mm -hmm. they should know you by your love Mm -hmm. they should know you because you love each other they should know you by the fact that you love as he says if you you love me you'll do what I've Mm -hmm. been doing by the fact that you're loving on people by the fact that you're taking care of people by the fact that you are um, particularly being loving and caring for the unlovable and uncaring. Who are the people that made have made the greatest? I, I, and I can, you know, I'm going through a thing on mm-hmm. my Facebook page where I'm just thanking people, mm-hmm. um, different people. The people that have made the, the greatest impact in my life are the people who have been the most loving, the most giving, the most caring, uh, in many cases, the most humble yep. person. Um, I, I find it interesting that there are times in Scripture when Jesus has healed someone, and then he says, don't tell anybody. You know, my time hasn't come yet. Right. Don't, don't tell anybody. And then there, are, there were the times when the Pharisees were like, who is this person that heals somebody and does these works? And doesn't want to be known about it, mm-hmm. you know, that, because it's not about how much we can excite or give the aha moment. And it's 
it's what we give because of love, because of care, because of compassion. Um, I see time and time again in the scripture where Jesus had compassion on somebody and then he fed them, he had compassion and then he healed them, he had compassion and he taught. Um, those are the things that make the greatest impact, not what we do that embellishes on our own. And you were talking about what makes us credible. And I felt like you were kind of going toward that. Um, what are the fruits mm -hmm. uh, of the Spirit? You know, right. what, what can we do? Are those the things that prove who we really are? Mm -hmm. Are those the things that we can offer to the world that we don't have to embellish? Right. We don't have to add to. Um, and if so, then why aren't we doing those things? Without your witness, mm -hmm. without your witness, a Christian person, without your witness, people will never come to Christ. Right. Um, and, and I'm not saying that to discount the work of the Holy Spirit. That's not oh, what I'm saying. No. Okay. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is if there isn't Christ put, Christ left so that they would do the work. Mm-hmm. When it was all said and done, it says Christ went and sat at the right hand of the Father and right. waited. And what he's waiting on is he, he said, Rick, go make disciples of the all commission, nations. The Great Commission. Blessing yeah. or baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it's on it without the witness of Christians, without without people having seen the credibility of Christians, then they're not going to come to Christianity. Sure. If we shut yeah. down today and we all went in, in in house and we stopped witnessing and we stopped living out in the world, then it's then the people aren't going to be coming. Um, uh, when we when we do live that life, when we our credibility is important because if when we live that life, then we make then other people become hungry and want to know mm -hmm. what that's about. Right? So what does that look like? It, it looks like when when someone is hungry and you feed them. Yes. When when you stand when you stand when someone's Grandma is hurting and, and, and needs help, and the people that come and help her are the people from her church. Then the grandchild, the child, the great grandchild yep. sees yep. that that's what happens, and that's who a Christian is. Mm -hmm. When that when that person when a person is in jail uh, or in prison, and everybody else wants to fight and beat each other up and kill each other and and barter for food and cigarettes in that situation. But in that group, there is this person or these people who seem to believe that there is a higher power. There's mm -hmm. a bigger thing. Mm -hmm. And those people are kind and loving and caring in the midst of all that junk. Mm -hmm. That's when people are attracted to Christ. Mm -hmm. When someone is, um, uh, when someone doesn't have the basic things of life, and the people that show sure. up with boxes of those things are Christians and mm -hmm. loving to them and not looking to, well, we knew you, we knew you weren't able to take care of yourself, so we're mm -hmm. here to do it for you. Mm -hmm. You know, when they approach it for man, we all been there and, and here, let us help you get up. Mm -hmm. You know, when the people who arrive at a natural disaster are people who come in the name of Christ, that's when people become hungry for Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and then nothing more needs to be done. Right. That that coworker that's always saying, you know, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Um, How can I help you out yeah, physically? Yeah. You know. Right. Uh, I can I can I say can I pray for you? Is awesome, but it needs to be followed with hands and yeah. feet. Sure. Absolutely. You know, can I pray for you? Kind of gets yeah, tired. Yeah, because we use that. We Christians, you, uh, I'll pray for you. 
Yeah. And then it's like, that, I'm out. Yeah, the, it's, the, it's the pass off. You know? Ooh, I escaped um, that. <laughs> it, it needs to be done. It needs to be done at that moment. And you're exactly right. It needs to have hands and feet to it. Not only will I pray for you, but what can I do? It, even if it's just a shoulder. You know a weird one? As a prideful man, and most of us are prideful people, mm -hmm. another one that's an out. This is weird. Hey, you let me know if I can help you. Yeah, that's that's an escape door. That, I'm out. That's the, that's the hatch that just got put in the wall that wasn't so, there before. Hey, uh, so what's the diff What's the alternative? And, and what's this have to do with Christian credibility? Maybe it's a different show. Maybe it's a different time, a different conversation. I but think I there's a tie-in though. I'm going to say this is what makes us credible. Credible says actually loving and caring and wanting to help says hey. Tuesday night, I'd like to bring you guys mm -hmm. a tuna noodle casserole. Mm -hmm. Or I'd like to bring you some, hey, I got a whole bunch of deer this year. Can I bring you some venison? Mm -hmm. Actual credibility says not what can I do for you, but can I do this for you? You know, which may be. And, and then there's the other side. It's hard. It's hard from the other person's side to go, Sure, Tuesday'd be great. I'd love that. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. That's gets, that's hard. Mm -hmm. But what makes you credible is when you stop just saying, and I'm not poo-pooing prayer. Prayer is necessary. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is, is you need to follow your prayer with your feet and your hands. That makes you credible. Let me. How can I? Let me pray for you. Okay, that's all. That's great. That's great. But then they, they begin to recognize that as an escape. Mm -hmm. My grandma prayed for me like all the time. But when, yeah. I, when I when I was when I was in trouble, crickets, baby. I didn't hear nothing. Yeah. The words that we say mm -hmm. need to be truthful. We don't have to embellish them with anything. The actions that we take need to be loving and compassionate, caring. Mm-hmm. And and they on need they need to be honest too. If if we if we yeah you know I I I'm, I had other stuff I could have done tonight but I'm here and oh you know so yeah like what what was it you said what what do we need you know yeah uh, uh, what, what what is it you wanted to do and look I've i only got like about um, fifteen minutes so mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know. They need the, the actions that we take need to be honest. Yeah. Caring. You also got to say, hey, you call me anytime. Here's yeah. my number. You call me. I want to hear from you. You call me. But if me. you're going to say it. But I'll tell you, I've told people straight up, I'll be honest with you. If I can't help, I'll answer and say, I'll get, hey, let me give you a call right back. I'm in yeah. a meeting. Let me give you a call back. And I will say to them on the phone, and I've said this. Are you are you safe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm safe. I'm I'm fine. I said, well, then let me call you right back. Okay. Uh, we do. We have to be. We have to be honest. We have yeah. to be. We have to be honest. We have to be also a willing spirit. As Jesus, if we're gonna be the example of Jesus, we have to. We have to run towards the problem. Mm -hmm. We have to be willing to help with the problem, but we also have to be honest about what we can and can't do. Don't commit to something you can't do. Mm -hmm. Don't try to be someone that you're not. Right. Right. I actually had a pastor say to me one time, "I'm not a counseling pastor. I'm just not good at it. Like I, I can help you with what the Bible says. I can walk you through a lot of those things. I'll come and help do anything, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not good at like the whole." We're going to sit down and counsel like a psychiatrist. Right. Kind of counsel the pastor. So let's be honest. Right. That's <laughs> really what it all boils down to. Uh, be honest with what you're saying. Be honest with what you're doing. And don't use the name of the Lord to prop yourself up. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought that when we were talking about the, the past. Uh, and it's happening today. There are a lot of televangelists out there who are making lots of money um, and doing lots of things and 
You know, I, I got to say, if that's really what the Lord's put on their heart, okay. But uh, I, 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 <laughs> I'm going to make a statement here, Todd. I didn't see Jesus. I haven't read anything about Jesus. Um, having you know the greatest horses and the greatest cart and uh, no. you know the most beautiful wagon train going. Yeah, you want to follow me? He says to a guy one time, "You want to follow me? You, you want to follow me? Give it up. Yeah, you want to follow me? I don't have a place to lay my head at night. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any extra clothes. I got nothing. You want to follow me? That's where we're going. I don't have any of that stuff. So when we talk about multi-million dollar pastor with, with three mansions and jets. And, yeah. You know, there was like, you know, as Ray Stevens says, would Jesus wear a Rolex on his TV show? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but that hurts credibility, doesn't it? It does. I mean, that and it really hurts credibility, hurts credibility for the whole body. The and whole the body problem of Christ. Is, when whole... you read this book, when you read this Jesus, just yeah. read the Gospels. Don't yeah. read any of the rest of it. If you right. just read the Gospels, that yeah. fits nothing. Yeah. That fits no Jesus that ever was. Right. It doesn't fit Paul, the guy who wrote the rest of the story, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. All those letters. Yeah. Paul's a guy who wouldn't take money from the church. I'm not, I'm not and, and Jesus said when he sent them out, uh, uh, what is it? A horse deserves its feed, or yeah. however yeah. you put it. Yeah. Basically. Hey, if that's what you do for we, a living, we, it's what you do for a living. It's fine. Sure, we fine. should take care of it. Fine. Yeah. But, but ain't no rich Jesus in here. No. Ain't no rich apostle in here. There's no, no. rich disciple in here. None of it. No. Gee, no. Paul went and, and he was a tent maker. He paid for his own way. My point is, when we, when you have a pastor with a mansion and jets and limousines and 18 people who take care of whether or not he he has his groceries this week or not when you go through that and that's who you are as a pastor people read then people maybe mm -hmm. you get people to pay it's like oh i want me some of that mm -hmm. i want me a mansion and a jet and a mm -hmm. limousine and all so they start following you then they pick up that book yeah and they read about that guy that jesus guy and they're like does that have anything to do with you yeah what we're doing is not that. And they either stop reading it and just listen to you because you're going to sugarcoat it and make it all happy, happy. Yeah. Or they give up on the faith mm -hmm. or they just leave you and actually follow Christ. Hopefully the Holy Spirit meets them and they pay attention. But if they got there because of your wealth and your fame, it's going to be a hard slog to get to the other side of Jesus, to yeah. get to who that Jesus was. The other side of that ugliness for me is people who insist on hurting people who are living what they consider to be a sinful life. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a thing... Um, <laughs> There's a fellow who died who I'm not sad about, <laughs> who was the senior pastor and leader of a church called the Westboro Baptist. And the mm -hmm. Westboro Baptist Church and other churches like it would stand out in front of gay bars oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, stand yeah. out in front of the funerals of soldiers and hold signs that say, yeah. God hates fags. Or... Uh, what was the other one? Um, thank God for dead soldiers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where's the witness in that? Well, there's a witness. Well, yeah. There's a witness. Yes. But the problem is, as Jesus said to the Pharisees once, you go out, you give a tenth of your spice, and, all, and a tenth of everything you have down to the spice, and you go off wandering around and make other followers of you who end up being twice the hounds of hell that you are. Yeah. Because people dig that stuff. Oh, wait a minute. If I give if I give a tenth of my spice, then I'll be rich and have yeah. all the stuff and all the power. And then that's what I'm doing is the thing. Yeah. And we're going to talk about works versus faith here shortly. But when you stand in front of people and you 
help homosexual people or trans people or um, insert you know or black people or Hispanic people who came here as yeah. illegal immigrants and uh, because they wanted work you're going to let me put you in Honduras and see what you how you feel about it I'm not saying that we should or should not let them in here that's not my point my point yeah. is when you Christian stand in front of them and go go home go home or God hates fags. When you're doing that, you're win the people you're you're winning people, but the people you're winning are not coming to the game that you that Christ had in mind. That right. is not His game. That, that's not God. That's not Christ's game. Right. You, right. It's a game. It's just not Christ's game. And so you're winning people who like to hold signs and tell people that people hate them. And and, and that's the thing. <sighs> All you're going to do is create your own little group. Twice the hounds of hell yeah. that you are. Yeah. All you're going to do is entice people who already have that mindset instead of their minds being changed by the love of Christ. Yeah. And it's scary to me that when we... It, it's scary to me that the people who get the most attention are the ones who hold the signs, are the ones who have the bullhorns. And not just in Christianity, but in, in any Whatever. situation. Yeah. But the ones who are humble and loving and caring. and But I guess that's kind of the way it's supposed to be, too. But those battles are being won more permanently, I guess mm -hmm. would be the way I'd say it. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa's dead. People still talk about her. Mm -hmm. People still use her as an example, mm -hmm. a local example in this church. Bob Maynard was a guy who mm -hmm. told everyone he loved them and he cared about them and would do whatever for you to the day he died. Yeah, He's the guy who sat in the church service and said, we love you, Pastor. He's the guy who would go into, and, and give candy to the kids at the church. You know, that just uh, brought something to mind. Some of the most impactful times in my life have been the times that have been gentle and quiet mm -hmm. but loving. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons I'm a Christian today is because of a gentleman named um, Charlie Rainey. And, man, I was at a, I was at a place where I, I was just hating everybody and didn't want to... I was at a campground, it was a church retreat, um, uh, I, I didn't want to be there, I was not happy about being there, and I, I was trying to sneak around to go find a restroom, and I didn't want anybody to talk to me, because if they would have, I'd have probably gone off on them, didn't, didn't need it. And I come around this on the sidewalk, and there was this huge bush, probably would take up this room. And I went around the corner of the bush, and there was a gentleman that was walking my way named Charlie Rainey. And he looked at me, and he said, Hi, Rick. Now, I didn't even know he knew my name. Hi, Rick. He said, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Well, can I give you a hug and just tell you I'm glad that, that you're here? And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay. And this guy gave me a hug and he just looked at me and he said, have a good evening, man. And he walked away. Dude. Mm -hmm. I, again, that happened when I was 20. I'm soon to be 65, 45 years later. I can still feel that moment. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to, yeah, he didn't have to embellish it. He didn't have to make it something more than what it was. He did, all he had to do was just share the, and that's, Charlie was like that with, with everybody. He just loved people. He had the kind of love that Jesus had for people. He wasn't concerned with whether or not you thought there was a literal six-day creation. No. Um, he didn't care whether or not you believed we should have communion every week or not. Or not, yeah. Uh, he didn't care whether or not you thought um, that 
Uh, Mary was a virgin the rest of her life. He, yeah. he didn't care about it. Didn't care about it. None of that mattered nope. in that moment. Not a bit. And and his credibility wasn't based on any of those Mm-mm. things. And in fact, I looked to him a lot of times in my before he passed away. I, I would watch him. I, I continually watched him until a couple of years later he passed away. Um, but, but what I saw in him, and there have been other men, uh, Eldon Morehouse was a, is a guy that just, whenever I'm around him, you just feel the love of the Lord. He doesn't even have to say anything. You just know it. One of the weird things that happens for me with people and those, those people in our lives, the most credible people, is when something controversial starts, when a conversation that's controversial starts, some finer point of creation or mm-hmm. communion or whatever starts, they very often fade out of the conversation. I'm just going to say the same thing. They're like, hey, enjoy. Yeah. I'm out. Doesn't matter. Bye. They don't say it doesn't matter. They just don't participate. Mm-hmm. They just let it lay there. They have no problem with letting it die. Because mm-hmm. they're like, eh. And they have an opinion. They're not stupid. They have an opinion. Yeah. But they let it They let it lay. You know, It's like, what is the value of arguing whether or not those mm-hmm. things are true or not you know I mean we have a conversation every week we go through and there's probably a lot of things that we talk about that that maybe aren't the most important mm-hmm. um, but I hope we always come back to recognizing what is right the important we'll repeat over and over again what Jesus was focused on you know something else that we get into a lot today that we have to be careful of as Christians is when we back people who are loud and hurtful about mm-hmm. certain things. Mm-hmm. When we when we back people who make fun of when 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 the people that we back as our leaders, you insert whoever you want, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But when we back people as our leaders today who make fun of other people, who hurt the weak, who take advantage of the weak, um, people who uh, deny that they need forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who uh, declare that they can um, do whatever they want to a woman and take, take advantage of her because this is just how women work. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are liars uh, openly and then get mad at you because you called them on it. Um, people who incite trouble instead of Continually attack. Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we as Christians say that's our guy or our gal, mm-hmm. we really hurt our credibility. Yeah. Um, and the only reason for not mentioning names is just because there's a lot. There's enough of them. We don't need. We don't need to particularly pick on one because I don't want to. Um, I don't want to pick on somebody. That's not my point. Mm-hmm. My point is, is when you start backing somebody when you say yeah but it's the better of and the lesser of the two evils okay well here's an idea they're both evils yeah so if it's a lesser of two evils then there's two evils you don't have to you don't have to back either evil right um you can make other choices go other ways Mm -hmm. and you particularly don't need to stand and argue for someone who is those? Who is that person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just have to be careful sure. that what we're doing isn't destroying our credibility by someone going, "Well, you're just the same as everybody else." I, I have written down here: be watchful about what you say and how you say it, so as not to bring any lack of credibility to the Christian faith or to the Lord Himself. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something about. Um, there's in Second Corinthians, and it's chapter eight, sixteen through twenty-four. Paul's talking about Titus, and he's talking about Titus having a caring heart and being earnest and about the things that he's done. And verse twenty-one is the thing that hit me the hardest. 
For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. And if we're not aiming to be honorable, especially in the Lord's sight with everything that we do, sticking to an honest, truthful, whether it be teaching or loving or caring or clothing or giving, um, then we're missing the point. Yep. Absolutely missing the point. And no matter what the end goal was, the end does not justify the means. Mm-mm. The means is everything. Yep. It's not whether it's the, the old. It's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the problem is we've gotten to a point where it's whether you win or lose. Mm-hmm. Play the game however you have to. And that's fine for the world. It's not fine for you, Christian. Exactly. It's not. Your Lord and Savior is a how-you-play-the-game guy. Mm-hmm. And let him worry about whether you win or lose. He's got that. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, you may die a poor beggar. It's okay. Because you'll, you'll, as Jesus says, um, he who is first shall be last, and yeah. he who is last shall be first. Let him sort that out. Yeah. That's his game. When, when you and I were younger, there used to be a thing called, uh, or that said, I want to be like Mike. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan. Um, because people wanted to play basketball like yeah. him, they wanted to be Air Jordan. You yeah, know. they wanted to have all the yeah. stuff he had. All the stuff he had and everything. Well, as Christians... We, we know who we need to be like. Yeah. And if we're not being like him, um, then we're we're not playing the game. Mm-hmm. We're not playing the right game. Nope. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that ends it very well. Yeah. That's the idea. I mean, the question is, and, and I know people hated the w, uh, WWJD Oh, bracelets and all that yeah. because it kind of got used in weird ways but the question is are you it's how you play the game mm-hmm. are you playing the game are you are you doing the little things right and loving on people and caring on people are you are you feeding the poor are you clothing the naked are you visiting the sick are you impacting people's lives through what you do in that good way or in the encouraging the hatefulness that comes yeah. out are you winning the, the the bigger battles of this life? But yeah, guys, that's what we have for this week. Um, Thanks for joining we, us, uh, guys. If you if you like these conversations, we'd love it if you would follow us or subscribe, depending on whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. If you would like the video and just let us know, it encourages us, helps us know that we're doing the right things. But most of all, I wish you'd just comment. I wish you would let us know what you think, what you see as you watch. Um, what we got wrong, what we got right. We love you guys. You have a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye.